double feature. Two friends, two movies, and too much to drink. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. Hey, there you guys are. We're getting baseball in 2020 somehow, damn it. Even if that means 70s era Little League or seeing Tim Robbins in a garter. It's an all-star lineup today with Bull Durham and Bad News Bears. Nathan, sweet trans. On six-pack double feature. You can put six packs of soda in here. Welcome to another episode, gang. It's six-pack double feature. I'm not Nathan or Jerry. <laughs> I'm not Bill or Travis. <laughs> Who the hell are you not? I don't. I don't know this one. I don't know this gag. <laughs> you would be Jamie. I would be Jamie. Okay. We usually say I'm not Nathan, and he says I'm not Travis. Obviously, I'm, she doesn't listen at all. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> And then and recently, we both we, we both recently figured out that our other names that we don't go by, mine being William and uh, his being Jerome. Oh, fair. We could totally be Jerry and Bill in the morning. Morning, too. Sidekick Jeanette. I guess you could be Jeanette, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Expect double feature. Your Jeanette. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. It was until it wasn't. Yeah. Just like the female chipmunk. What's your middle name now? Justice. Hence the name Jamie Justice Roadhouse Correspondent. That is our guest today. Hi. Jamie Justice, comma, Roadhouse Correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Please get my billing correct. <laughs> but I guess you, you minored in Bull Durham as well, huh? Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. Um, so that's what we're talking about today, gang. If you probably didn't hear during the intro, we're doing a couple baseball movies. We're going to do Bull Durham. And do a doubleheader. <laughs> oh. Boy, howdy. <laughs> doubleheader. <laughs> Get what all your baseball. Yeah, those, that's that. Get them out. Get them out of your system because uh, you're not going to get many out of me. Not yet. Um, I haven't had enough to drink yet. Same, same. So yeah, that. we're doing we're doing uh, we're talking Bull Durham and the Bad News Bears, which is an odd pairing, and I guess the only thing they have in common is baseball. They sure do. I guess beer, but there is a, a lot of consumption of alcohol by, well, mostly by one person. <laughs> Bad news bears. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so, like I said, said, what are you guys drinking? I'm drinking High Life, just like they drink in Bull Durham. Okay. I'm yeah. drinking some ranch water. Oh, Jamie turned you on to the ranch water, huh? Mm-hmm. Good times. I wasn't paid to say that. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, we, it's refreshing. The only thing we have close to a sponsor would be the beer I'm drinking, which is uh, Narragansett. <laughs> Hi, neighbor. Narragansett. Narragansett Lager Beer. Narragansett. <laughs> the official, unofficial beer of Six Pack Double Feature. <laughs> Fucking Bull Durham. Let's jump into it. This is the rookie pitcher. It's Major Rush. This is the veteran catcher. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. And this is the lady Damn. who plays the field. I hook up with one guy a season. And well, you two are the most promising prospects of the season so far. So somebody going to go to bed with somebody or what? She's got the bat. See my hips? But he's got the... Small four. I do have gorgeous. Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins star in a film about America's favorite pastime, Bull Durham, Sunday on Showtime. So the implication being America's favorite pastime is either baseball or fucking. There's a lot of both. I mean, one's the oldest pastime, right? Baseball. (laughs) <laughs> the other one's the funnest pastime. <laughs> it's the funnest. This movie was really hard to take notes on. Same I mean, here. I didn't have a lot to jot down other than my first one was, hey, 
That's Nathan Arizona. <laughs> I forgot that he's the manager. The coach. Yeah, he's the <laughs> coach or whatever. Yeah. I said the same thing. I don't think I called him Nathan Arizona. I think I called him Nathan Senior. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. I don't. The dad of the little baby from Raising Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All he's, right. I knew he's I knew the that coach. guy. We got Jamie and I got married at the end of May. Uh, not this recently, but <laughs> before that, we were living in sand. Um, and uh, <laughs> we both, uh, well, I we I just used to, used to just be me that worked a seasonal job. Now we both work a seasonal job, so we we tend to take our anniversary a little late later in the in the year when it, things calm down. And this year we were gonna go to Raleigh Durham and like do like a long weekend and and watch a, a Durham Bulls game. And then some asshole had to eat a fucking bat. Here from, we are. It wasn't from Louisville. <laughs> no. no. It, was, it was from China. Yeah. From the Wu-Tang market. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then I looked at it, like, this, this, the schedule stops oh, it's, for minor league in, like, September. Yeah. It, you, know you fucking hot it's going to be in You got to go. Either you have to go early yeah. or you don't go. Yeah. Is it a requirement that all baseball movies start out all solemn? Like. Yeah. 100%. Poetic. And, it seems that. Well, especially you know I mean? with this one. Well, I mean, Bad News Bears didn't, but. Well, it still. <laughs> it actually kind of did. It, it started out kind of slow. and well, No, what I mean solemn. by solemn is like they, there's usually like an establishing shot of the park or like there's like this narration over like right. big establishing shots, almost like it's a religious thing. It's not. It's the church of baseball. But yeah, most of them start out with like at least a collage or kind of like, oh, that's Babe Ruth pointing at the stands. Yeah, 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 yeah. That whole thing. Yeah, like, 100%. Like it, like yeah, it may, you, you get like it in Sandlot, you get it in Field of Dreams, you get it yeah, Major League. almost in everything, yeah. yeah. It's weird. There's like this unspoken respect for the sport and the history of the sport in in many ways. <sighs> but why do they have to trot it out every time there's a new baseball movie? Because there's not that many baseball movies. I mean, there's a lot, but not real recent. I mean... I think maybe it's because baseball is kind of a boring game. I'm not hating. It's no, kind of a boring it's, game. It's, and maybe they have to be something. like, no, this is something to be taken seriously. Like, this is a this is a gospel. Pay attention. I always look at it as baseball is, is very much an acquired taste. It, it kind of needs to be passed down to you in some way. Because, not, I mean, okay. not yeah. all the time, yeah. but yeah. that tradition is shared between, like, fathers and sons and... Between family members, because it's weird. You know. It's a weird game. It's hard to like just stumble onto it and go like, "Oh, you'll figure out what's going oh, on." Oh yeah, it's not like a game of Clue, you know. But you'll try you, to you, pull up a pull up a game of cricket and tell me yeah. which one's more confusing. You've pulled a designated hitter card. <laughs> <laughs> what now? Roll the dice and see. I believe Crash did it on the mound <laughs> with the garter belt. What's with the dancing, spitting hill person? That is an actual icon of. Uh, like the, what is it? The crown prince of baseball? The clown he, prince of baseball? Yeah, yeah he's he was, in the credits. He as, travels. He travels yeah. around. He is a he's an attraction, kind of like the the San Diego chicken. Oh, okay. Or he, I think he is that for minor. The Philly phonetic. For, yeah. for minor league. Yeah. That's so, like his thing. That's what? Oh, that's like his thing. Okay. Yeah. He goes around the whole like country or just like the southeast? Not entirely sure. Region. If okay. it was just the Carolina League or if it was more... Throughout the country, I just I'm noted. Sure. I just said that he was like noted as himself in the credits. Yes, the clown prince, clown guy, or whatever. Yeah. It's clown guy. It's a little weird. Question mark, man. I never realized that it was it was Annie that actually first called him nuke or gender like created that because he said she's she referred to Lelouch as a nuclear meltdown. That's right. And yeah. then he needed to cool off, which leads to his nickname. Yeah. And I didn't catch that until the for the 
for the first time this last uh, viewing. Yeah, the first time through, I didn't catch it. I just caught it probably yesterday, the last time I watched it. Really? For sure. I, I never, like, if you'd asked me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you, but I think I always noticed it. Like, I, I tell you what wild thing, Ricky Vaughn gets his nickname. You know. We've all seen Major League several times, right? Yeah. yeah. Nathan, I know you have. I feel like they took a lot of plot point similarities from Bull Durham and put it into Major League two years wild later. Wild pitcher. Till he could see. Wild pitcher till he could see, or wild pitcher till he gets his. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Catcher. I never romantic really, I, thing. I, I never made the. I never made the connections, but I could easily see how. How common are switch hitters? One out of every ten players, if that. Okay. Sometimes they just find it more natural to bat one way, or it's easier for them to go between. Sure. I just. But it's not. It's not as. I don't know if it's as common now as it. As it was back then, because we were we were watching it, and I was like, "Fuck! It looks like I'm pretty sure the prior scene, Kevin Costner was batting right-handed. Now it looks like he's batting. Is he batting left-handed or right-handed now? Well, I'm he not catches sure he right-handed. He catches right, and because it's, it's he's a switch hitter, though. I looked. Was it he up. a switch? Yeah, okay. he, in real life, he's I always, a switch I only hitter. Oh, really? Him yeah. Batting left, and so I wasn't sure. It's yeah. not also. It's also not uncommon for someone to throw right to bat left. I did not know that. I was surprised to see that. Which way is batting left? This is with his <laughs> back. The way to, I bat with, with his back to first base. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I bat right-handed, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, batting left. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I hold a baseball bat right-handed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bat pathetically. <laughs> Do you have anything that doesn't work? <laughs> I didn't nitpick this one. While it's funny watching Nuke have a conversation with himself on the mound or whether or not he thinks he's queer for wearing the garter belt, I'm pretty sure that that wouldn't have gotten put in today. He'd probably say gay. You just think that was it? I think, yeah. You think just the terminology would have changed? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't... He's not being hateful. No, but he's concerned. He, he sure, sure is he, concerned. He has, like, but that would, see, that would make, make his character... That would still outline that in his character. He's sort of a bonehead. Okay. I don't know. They it. might pull it today. What do you think? I don't think it's hateful. It's just... No, he's not being just, hateful. Yeah. I mean, he's having a bit of gay panic. I don't know if, it'll, if they would have left it in. However, I do think they would have left in the dream where he was pitching... In nothing but his cup in the garter. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. For sure. Because that would be just like a kid going to school in their underwear or going to school naked or, yeah. or whatever. The The film feels pretty timeless until Crash gets cut and he walks around and you get the echoing saxophone. You're going to dog on the music? I like the music, but it very much feels 88, 89 or whatever. You know? It does. It's, it works for the film, but it really kind of feels like I'm I'm watching late night softcore porn on Cinemax kind of <laughs> saxophone. Are you complaining about that? Like, not complaining, but it pulls me out because it feels dated. Because you go to porn. Because <laughs> yeah, I go to what's not Get scrambled distracted. on my box. <laughs> I just think boobs. I'd say I like I, the music. I, I like the music as well. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's a it's a nitpick. I like. Just, I mean, I, I even like that it, it dates it. It works for this for me. movie. It's just listening to it now. I just go. Mm. Which they kind of did another scene with saxophone. Yeah, it reminds S- me of like a saxophone. Miller, like a Miller saxophone. Light. Exactly, reminds me of a Miller light, like a Miller light commercial from the late eighties. I think my thing that didn't work for this movie, and this is a get, also super nitpicky. It's uh, Susan Sarandon's ridiculous baseball shrine. 
You know that guy actually that was an actual dead player. He died in a plane crash. I was wondering what? who the camera pulled in yeah. at the end. I was wondering who that was. I, I it was in trivia, and I looked it up, and I figured a. It was the first time I really paid attention to the fact that it just kept pushing in until it got to that. I picture. thought maybe you would know his name, but I didn't know that anybody. I didn't know his name, but yeah, it was an actual player that died like a year or two before. Was he a minor league player? He didn't. I can't know. remember. But he died in a, uh, I believe, a plane crash. Oh wow. I just feel like if a baseball player came in and then saw sort of a shrine like that, they'd be like, woohoo, crazy Bill. I, uh, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, How many candles? Wait, wait, I, look, wait. I have a six candle minimum <laughs> and there is at least 47 in this fucking house. There's so many candles. Are I you at understand. least going to fuck me before you kill me and like make some sort of satanic pate out of my liver? <laughs> no, she's just going to read poetry to you. Oh, God. Her southern accent's not bad. It's good. If I didn't Mellow. know it was, if I didn't William know. William Blake. That is, oh you man. Say it, do it. I mean William Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Thank you. Thank you very much. If I didn't know Susan Sarandon's voice, I would say she's probably Southern. And just one of those over I'd the top. I'd have to look it up. I'm not entirely sure. But she Where pulls she? that one off. Yeah, she does. I was impressed. I feel like there are a lot of like. Like understated and delivered lines that you, if you aren't mm. paying attention, you don't really, you don't get the humor in it. They don't let it hang. Yeah, they don't yeah. let it hang. They just move on, and so you you don't catch it until you get repeat viewings on it. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Like with that. the clown prince of baseball when he talks about Crash Davis when he invites him over and says, "I actually saw him read a book without pictures once." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, he's got a million dollar arm but a five cent head. Yep. yep. You hear it, but you don't really think about it. Strikeouts are boring. Besides, they're fascist. <laughs> I like that um, one. That was in the trailer. I want to bring the heater. Announce my presence with authority. Announce my presence with authority. Um, what was it? Um, Charlie, here comes the deuce. And when you speak of me, speak, speak well. well. <laughs> Nukes chastity was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the world is made for people who aren't cursed with self-awareness. That was a good one. That, that one, one really stuck this time around. Like, mm. if he's, you think I wonder why it would be so much more fun <laughs> if you just really didn't understand or know what was going on around you. The only thing that kind of doesn't work for me, again, I I fucking love this movie, so there's you yeah, can nitpick little shit. But, but really, no, there's not much to pick on it. It just it sometimes plays in really this, well. Kevin Costner feels flat. Like, his delivery on some lines is like, I don't, hey, Kevin. More uh, passion? No, 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 that was good. That was good. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Let's go back to one. Maybe run that again. Like, you do me a favor. Pitch your leg again. Of, yeah, pitch your leg when you say it. Yeah, yes. put some sort of dynamic, emotional. I can see that. I, I can totally see that. He kind of does that in all his movies. But that's he does. Just, but little, that's how just, he is, I guess. The Kevin Costner plane. Lacking of lilt. This is a, the other thing that I that I other than about, you dating saying that music is dated, and I'll give you that. But to me, that makes it a period piece. Correct. And it it, just, it really just hits on all. All cylinders. Fires on all cylinders. Yeah. But however you say that. Pitches on all cylinders. <laughs> it's batting 500. Batting 1,000. There you go. It's a real no-hitter, this movie. I, I was going to clean up. I do. The other thing that I, I wrote down, I didn't put it down as what doesn't work, but it was just the observation. I was like, so back in 1988, the Carolina League, they didn't send their play-by-play announcer to travel with the team. Yeah, that's weird. Like, uh, I mean, I know it's a funny scene. It's It's... I love it every time, but it's just a lady standing on the phone listening to call plays, and then you know double to the right field. Yeah, we don't we don't have a budget. <laughs> well, okay, so we have so we can deal with like toll calls and long distance calls for three hours, <laughs> but we can't send our. 
play-by-play guy to watch all the other games. Maybe he owns the hardware store and he can't get away. That's just a nighttime, like part-time gig for him. I know the guy who wrote and directed Ron Shelton played minor league, and I wonder when he played, it was much more common that they just got the highlights from the game and mm. went through the announcements of how they played. Rather, that would than, be so much harder. Yeah, he probably couldn't travel because he was probably the only DJ on that radio station. <laughs> like that was it. <laughs> also, the Justice of the Peace, the Fire Chief, <laughs> Deputy Mayor. Do you have a favorite quote or a favorite line? I, so, or do you have a favorite scene? I have a favorite something? scene, but I have a favorite scene as well. But my my favorite back and forth is just in general. I'm always a sucker for a night game scene. Uh huh. I don't know. It just it it sort of like. Could you tell that they were filming uh, when it was much colder? In- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think adds to it. That was, yeah. I, it just adds a touch of realism. But like at night game, it just it shrinks the size of the world down to just that field. Yeah. I guess. And then the lights are sort of the boundary of it. I don't know. But uh, this would be my favorite scene. If I can get a serena, man, there ain't been a cloud in the sky in weeks. 100 bucks says I get a serena for tomorrow. <laughs> You're on. Hey, I ain't paying for this. Smash, pay for this. Shut up. You're going to wake hey. everybody up. Let the bonus baby pay for it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jeez, man. Jeez. <laughs> hey, crash. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> we got ourselves a natural disaster. You think they'd actually call the game for that? Yeah, because if it's too muddy, you can't play. And plus, they've got a bunch of ruts in the baseline now. That, that's very true. Around. I wasn't even thinking about that. But if it's too wet and they don't cover it up, you can't play in mud. Yeah. You think somebody lost their job for that shit? Like some yeah, groundskeeper. groundskeeper. Yeah. <laughs> groundskeeper Willie. Like, it's a fun scene, but the whole time I'm like, that's vandalism, right? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. It doesn't destroy the property, but it definitely damaged it for a while. Yeah. It's not as... It wouldn't be as damaging if it were compared to, like, a a major league park, but it's enough. Nathan, you're such a grown-up. Fuck you. I don't know. I, I like the... I like the... Oh my God! It's we got a, ourselves a, a natural disaster. disaster. I just like how he kind of stops being a dick for a minute. Yeah, not that yeah. he's a dick to everybody. But no, he's not. He's, he's just, just kind of one of the guys for a second. Yeah, I love how they can all carry their own what's remaining of their six packs, which is high life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. can't, and you can't, you don't. Well, number one, you can't buy a six pack like that anymore. I'm, I mean, can you? These Narragansetts come oh, with those. Well, which, by the way, guys, if you're listening, come on. Get to the get to the reusable clip on tops, polar bears, ducks, and geese. <laughs> but on. I love how at that time you could just podcast. carry your three or four beers that you had left, just hooked in your finger. Yeah, and they, they all always, had one. They I love always that. they always fall out though. Do I they? know. I, I I love that too. That sort of kind of makes it kind of real. Devil yeah. make yeah. care. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's sort of the theme of this movie is kind of devil may care. We just need a rain out to end the street. Okay, so I don't really have Justice. a favorite scene. I've got several. Um, favorite lines. If I had to pick a favorite scene, it would definitely be where Susan Sarandon asks 
crash. Like, what do you believe in? And he said, like, oh. I believe in the cock. I believe in the pussy. I believe in this. I believe in the small of a woman's back. Um, yeah, that's then, a good. It's so good. Yeah. But then he ends it with like, I believe in warm, passionate kisses that the last, last three, three days. That's so gross. And that skeeves me out so much. It's so gross. <laughs> it's so good up until then. And I'm like, oh, you had to go and ruin it. Because you picture Kevin Costner's big wet mouth. Yeah, sure did. Ugh. So thanks. I just thought about it again. Thanks for that comment. <laughs> um, so that's probably my favorite scene. But honestly, my favorite line in the movie um, comes from Millie. I love her character. The uh, who ones who gets married, right? Yeah. 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 To Pete Deadmeat Thompson from Hot Shots. Pretend I didn't say that. He's. It's a reference that no one will get. The religious guy, right? She marries the religious yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. she marries Jimmy. She moves over and around one, two, at least three different ball players before Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. is the religious guy. He's Jimmy, Christian, and Jimmy's, he doesn't. Yeah, he's buying a used car. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> she starts off with Crash. Or I'm with that, Nuke. I'm sorry. She starts off with Nuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. She's in there. I am not some quote piece, piece of, of ass, ass unquote. But that's not even my favorite line. Sorry, Millie. <laughs> it's when she's talking to Annie. And Annie says, well, how was he? And she says, well, he fucks kind of like he pitches. Sort of all, all over, over the place. place. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I didn't expect that to come out of her mouth. And it was just, all right. Sort of all over the place. Touche, Millie. <laughs> Glad your dad donated that scoreboard. Um, <laughs> She's kind of a scoreboard. <laughs> so I really like that. And I really like it. Um when Crash is having his little meltdown when they hire him and he says, fuck this fucking game. Just, he, it's it's to the point. And, and he, he slams the door and then he comes back in and asks, like, who we play tomorrow? Yeah. 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 I like that. He accepts his fate. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. There's his little yeah. fit and then, all right, who do we play tomorrow? But out of that whole monologue, I like, fuck this fucking game. <laughs> do you guys think the team keeps Annie on some sort of retainer? <laughs> I mean, they make a couple jokes about the fact that she's been I wonder if they pay her mortgage. Yeah. Because yeah. she only teaches, like, part-time what, over to, what, over to English? college. English composition. English and composition. And what, there's, yeah. Poetry. <laughs> Sweet-ass house. I mean, I don't know yeah. what the real estate market was like in Raleigh-Durham in 1987, 86, 87. But. I don't think she uses the top of it, though. She's always just kind of dancing around in her baseball shrine room. She is. Uh, they go upstairs because that's where the bathtub is. Oh, okay. It's all the candles. Remember the candles? A lot of candles. Satan I'm pretty. Shit. I'm pretty sure that that she at least gets season tickets. I'm, I'm, well, I'm she doesn't even get to sit in the players. They're going to need blocks. to put in a new floor. <laughs> There's a lot of water sloshing around. Oh that, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. She probably gets free tickets at whatever game and probably free food at the concession stand. It's not like unlimited. It's just one free popcorn <laughs> just for one. game. Good for, good for one snack food item, dollar ninety nine or less per of per e- game of equal or lesser value. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I had one more favorite line. Okay. Um, it was, I heard you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. <laughs> I fucking love that one. Nathan used that as an insult. insult. Nice. My favorite line is an exchange between um, the two managers right after Nuke's oh, first game. Uh, Nathan Arizona and Robert Wool. <laughs> yes, Robert Wool. He's fucking great in this. He walked 18. New league record. <laughs> struck out 18. Another new league record. In addition, he hit the sports writer, the public address <laughs> announcer, the bull mascot twice. Also, new league records. <laughs> but Joe, this guy's got some serious shit. <laughs> that poor bull takes a licking in this movie. Yeah. The cardboard one, the cutout one, and the... And the actual mascot. Do me a favor. <laughs> throw it at the bull. throw it at the bull. <laughs> what? I'm serious. I don't know what this guy's... <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go. Um... <laughs> Did you talk shit like that when you played catcher? 
Yeah, sometimes I would. Did you really? Yeah, hundred percent. What, what was what was some of your uh, head trash you would try to throw? I on remember, some like some girls would wear like uh, like a, a certain like like a magnetic bracelet type of thing. I don't know. It was supposed to align your chakra or something. And I always be like, "That's a fancy bracelet you got. What's it do?" <laughs> You have to face east. They? <laughs> they would just ignore me because it really wasn't that big of an insult. So, wow, like that's a nice bracelet you got there. Yeah. When you played, did they have to wear the weird half face mask kind of things, or no? Oh, we had like a full on helmet. Oh, like, okay. yeah. On the field and off the field. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever get in any brawls? No, I didn't. I had one girl like slam me on the ground once, but then the, the ref was like, "No, you're out of here." So. They should let you at least have a swing. Yeah. It's well, fucked up. Took my base. If you guys had a magic wand. So the only magic wand I could think of for this movie is to make it a tad more realistic. But if you do that, you take away the magic that is this movie. Because, like, if you make it more real, it's really just this lady who has a part-time job at the college just hanging around in minor league ballpark all day. Fucking baseball players every Banging, like, a 19-year-old and some washed-up guy that can't really make it in the majors. So I don't want to magic wand it. I like it as it is. Nathan? I'm not going to change the movie. Uh, okay. I, I put down here, I'm like, what I wouldn't an, have initially paid to see Nuke Lelouch's major league debut, like to see how well he actually pitched or if he just lost everything once he lost Crash. Do you think it implies that he does well because he's all he's clearly been kind of media trained? Maybe, maybe not. But what I put down here, it says, however, instead, what I would like to see is a sequel 20 years later. Mm. Mm. On the downward slide of Nuke's quickly fading career as a middle reliever in the movie called Devil Ray Care. <laughs> if you- Nathan is not a Devil Rays fan, you guys. <laughs> no, it's just the fact that uh, if he stayed with the Devil Rays the entire time, looking right now. Now, I don't know what it was in 88, but when I looked at Bull Durham, they are triple a league their farm league for the devil rays uh he's a struggling alcoholic barely holding on to his uh, place in the 25 man roster when a hot shot hot-headed rookie catcher is called up to show <coughs> called up to the show who ends up being crash's bastard son with annie yeah oh, okay nice okay i like that so i initially said what jamie said and then i continued my notes and said that not changing anything is lame it's hard. I guess though. I'll just so go fuck myself. Then. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I'll go fuck myself. Um, right. I would give it uh, like I kind of like I said to do would be fun with Silverado. Give it a down ending. Like the movie just ends after Crash gets cut, and you see that saxophone scene where he goes walking to Annie's house. Mm. And then he gets a taxi and leaves. He gets to the steps and he like maybe puts one foot on the step and he stops and he just turns and walks the other way. Fade to black. End of movie. Saxophone music out. Short movie. No, it's only another fifteen minutes. It'd be a shorter movie. Shorter, excuse me. It may be 15 minutes. Because, yeah, he... he we well, cut out all the banging, I guess, at that point. I said a down ending. <laughs> Crash doesn't get syphilis. You see Annie's boob at the end of that, though. You do. It's a down ending. We're all making sacrifices for, for art here. He doesn't break the minor league home run record. Yep. Well, you're left wondering, does he ever come back? You know? You notice but, what he was driving? It was a, a bit of fucking a Mustang. Beat up 60s Mustang. This is Johnny Utah moment. It was. I know. I just, I kind of like that because it, it does what it does that thing where it just, that felt sort of like finite right there and it could have ended or it could have just ended with him getting together. But then, then he leaves in the morning and goes and does the thing and then comes back. That's why they played it on Showtime instead of Cinemax. Cinemax would have where he goes to Andy's house. Showtime 
he just the uh, <laughs> the movie ends fifteen minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> That's my magic wand. Dark or ambiguous ending. Fair. Crash just leaves. Not before Crash leaves before the fucking. What if you guys could recast this movie? I had some fun with this. I did too, actually. Okay. I'm going to oh, go. Fuck. Okay. Just because I saw his name and I thought, fuck, that'd be interesting. Powers Booth. Oh. Okay. All right. His delivery would be different. Yeah. It'd be a little, he'd be, he's more coach style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it could be fun. Powers Booth. Like uh, the Tombstone era, Powers Booth. 1993. It's not that much further in the future. For Nuke. Okay. 2013 Bradley Cooper. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. He's got the self-awareness, and he's... He can be a hothead, yeah. And he's a good-looking yeah. dude, and he's fucking funny. Yeah, and I then, like that. And uh, then for Annie, uh, Mary Louise Parker. Oh, that's a good one. Like, what? I almost went Mary Louise Parker. When did Weeds come out? 2010? It was... Like, the first season. Like, I think it was, like, mid to late 2000s, so either yeah, way. I yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. It was okay. six oh seven, maybe? Second, second, third season. Like, yeah. she was pretty young when it started. Yeah. Get a little more age on her. I like that. But Mary Louise Parker. That'd be All my right. recasting. Those are the three I cast. Okay. That, I only cast those three. Okay. Who'd you cast? Okay. Oh, you're talking to Nathan? No, Sorry. go ahead. Okay. Um, talking to you and the, the seven or eight people that are listening. Ta-da! Hey. Oh, you've grown. Hi out there. How are you? <laughs> um, okay. So for Nuke, I decided Jerry Reed. <laughs> kind of like that boyish kind of like. Jerry Reed. What era of Jerry Reed? Well, like a little after Smoking the Bandit. So 19- Like just kind of like that wink, wink. Like, I don't know. I just for thought. For Nuke. For Nuke. Crash, I said Ted Danson. I can see that. I mean, he also played a baseball player anyway, so sure. it came naturally. Okay. Plus, yeah. I was looking for tall, athletic people, because you kind of have to have, it's a baseball movie. Aren't pitchers, athleticism. aren't pitchers mostly tall? Yeah. Okay. So, um, for Annie, I wanted it to be a mixture of Matthew McConaughey and Julia Sugarbaker. Like Julia could, Sugarbaker? You'll have to refresh my memory. Dixie Carter's character yeah. from Designing Women. Oh, oh Okay. Got so it like, there. <laughs> I, think I he, mean, I would argue that Susan Sarandon is that mixture. Fair enough. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so when you say mixture of strong Southern woman and Matthew McConaughey, what part of Matthew McConaughey? Oh, just his accent, really. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. It's just the all accent. Right. It's that very right. smooth, like, you can listen to it. It's, you're tied what to a bed, again? listening to Walter Blake. Um, and then finally, I uh, I did recast Millie as Millie Bobby Brown. Huh. Add a few more years before. <laughs> When's your movie coming out in about 10 years? Is... <laughs> uh, Jerry Reese dead, but. <laughs> yeah. This is my ultimate recast. Some of my <laughs> recasting, some of it's my. Magical. Some of these names that have been bandied about have, uh, they come up uh, in other episodes this season. And, okay. Uh, it's interesting. Mine's pretty fresh outside of who I chose to play Crash. I have not used this person as a recast since our Raiders of the Lost episode. Stop you real quick. Just in case you guys don't know, Jerry Reed was the snowman in Smokey and the Bandit. The guy that wasn't Burt Reynolds. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't Burt Reynolds have been a good Crash? Yeah. I thought about that, huh. actually. Okay. I did. If you recast that movie back in the 70s, he would... Play a really good crash. See, if I recast it in the... You would, fuck, you well, could... It's got to be 80s. Straight, you could straight be... up take the cast of Smokey and the Bandit and make... And recast the three in this movie. Crash would be Burt Reynolds. You still... I'm sorry. Nuke would be Burt Reynolds. Crash would be Jerry Reed in my version. Sally oh, Field would need to be Millie. Sally Field is too no, young. I no, I want to... Mm, well, she'd she, be too well, young, the, but... Yes, she'd be too young. But I could see... Anyway. Anyway, sorry. I went modern... If it was made today, 
I went with Crash Davis. I chose Chris Pratt. Ugh, okay. <laughs> Why do you not like Chris Pratt? I hate Chris Pratt. Why? I just don't like him. Why? You have to have a reason or you're... No, dude, the older I get, the, my gut reaction to people is like, it's either like, I fucking don't like that guy. I Why? can't, I can't... Some people you know. Some people, they wear certain shirts or whatever, and you're like, oh, that guy's clearly an asshole. And other people, you're just like, ah, the vibe I get from that dude, I just, he's not a bad guy. He's never done anything wrong to me. I've never seen him kick a but homeless lady. for some lady. reason, I don't like him. I just fucking don't like him. And I don't like Chris Pratt. Um, Fuck Chris Pratt. Anyway. Hey, so thanks for shitting off... <laughs> Shitting all over my casting. And my casting. I didn't shit all yeah. over all your casting. Ourselves, Nathan. <laughs> You've only Hey, why don't you just finish this part of the episode? I just dislike I disagreed with one of yours, Jamie, and I fucking hate Chris Pratt, Nathan. <laughs> and I haven't even heard the other castings that you've done. So let's let's get your whole roster out and then I'll shit all over it. <laughs> so I picked Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt, okay. He's great, right? He's awesome. Chris Pratt, like okay. Him? Okay. For Nuke Lelouch. I chicked. I chicked. I picked. I chose. I selected John Boyega. Okay. He can play a hothead. He's at the right age range for casting it today. I like and for that. Annie Savoy, Marissa Tomei. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like because I had to go with a cougar. You know, one that was cougar. actually older. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like – other than Chris Pratt. Well, no shit. I like that. I like that a lot. But you wouldn't watch it because it stars Chris Pratt. <laughs> You're goddamn right. I don't understand why you don't like Chris Pratt. He's a big meat-headed I, fuck. I don't like him. I don't like him. Good Lord. Can you The vitriol is visceral with this one. How are you – You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> anyway. Um, so as far as a similar or equal film – what do you guys have? Something that has Chris Pratt in it. <laughs> <laughs> the Chris Pratt biopic? <laughs> Gross. Uh, I chose The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It is a documentary. Okay. Okay. Uh, Netflix documentary about the Portland Mavericks, a single A independent ball club that existed between 1973 and 1978, or 77 or 78. Um, Bing Russell, Kurt Russell's dad, uh, was a lover of the game and decided after he retired uh, from acting, mostly TV roles, uh, I think he played the sheriff on Bonanza or something like that, um, that he was going uh, that he was going to open up a ball club in the Pacific Northwest that was outside of um, the Major League Baseball's farming system. And so he puts together a motley crew team of players who are either cut before their prime or just players just not good enough to make it in the minor league system. It's really interesting. So if you have a chance to watch it, it goes through pretty much a little bit of Bing's career. They sit down and talk to everybody that was involved that was still alive. How long is it? Hour and 10 minutes. Oh, so it's not like a multi-part? No, it's just a... Broken Bastards of Baseball? The Battered Bastards of Baseball. Okay. Was your similar or equal to... Film. This one was kind of hard for me. Um, I don't know. I chose Tin Cup. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that was my recommendation for what to pair it with. Oh, and nice. Went, yeah. And then Travis went, I fucking hate Tin Cup. I fucking hate it. You know? I hate Tin Cup. Tin Cup sucks. Just like Chris Pratt. It does. The, and I didn't even bring up Chris Pratt then. What it was I would really lo- weird. What they I would, remade Tim Cu- Tin Cup with well, Chris Pratt. I was going to say what I would love to do is I would love them to Ron just, Shelton. I would love them to put Chris Pratt in Tin Cup, and then I could consolidate my hatred for the two into one <laughs> fucking black hole. 
The movie is fucking terrible. It's not a great movie, but that was my um, I chose uh, I chose Roxanne for mine. I didn't go sports. I went like uh, smart, strong woman has to choose between dim-witted fuck idiot. Yeah. And smart guy with and a weird looking nose. Smart guy that's a little... I think the only thing about Crash that makes him is like a, a negative hash mark is that he's kind of washed up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a, a late 80s rom-com with a little little twist to it. That's what I love about Bull Durham is that it'll fucking pull you in and then before you realize it... I got a, I got a great recasting. So Steve Martin is Crash and Daryl Hannah is <laughs> And Rick Rossovich. <laughs> Nathan's not big on active Sorry. listening. <laughs> Ask um, my wife. She, she can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've known you longer than she has. Um, no, the, the the thing Bull Durham does is it it's a good enough story, and it's got a little... I'm not a sports guy, as we all know, but I love a good baseball movie. Go sports team. Go sports team that I'm fans you of. You are the champions <laughs> of the game that you play or sport. Uh, but before you realize it, you're fucking your balls deep into a rom com. And I like a rom com, but you know it's hard. This to, one's not like that. It's not sappy. No, no, it's not like a rom com. It's a comedy. It's like a sports comedy, and then it's it's like, got a, it's got it's, a lot of everything. But it's got a, a big swipe of it's got a lot of swearing <laughs> and alcohol. I do both I can of those. See why women enjoy this compared to watching other sports movies. Do you think movies. normal women like this movie? Because you're not normal. I do. I do. No, I will say part of the right. appeal to most women about a sports movie is nine times out of ten there's going to be a locker room scene and you are going to get to see some butts. That's not necessarily true yeah. in this movie, but you do get to see Kevin Costner in just a towel. So sometimes there are added benefits to watching a sports movie. Uh, do it for, for you, does it? Kevin Costner in a towel? I mean, it's kind of cute. All right. It's feel bad that he gets get fired it. in a towel, but it's kind of furry. I think this walks a fine line between between being appealing to both men and women. It's like a dude's rom com. I could see that. Yeah, because for once you're not just seeing a bunch of TNA on the leading star, which you are. But hey, look, there's man candy too. Bacon flavored man candy. Kevin Bacon now in sausage flavor. <laughs> Kevin sausage. Kevin smoked meat. <laughs> Probably once or twice in the seventies. <laughs> Not getting that cheese past me, meat. I do like how he talks to himself while he's the, in the batter box. No, when he's at the batter's box, and oh. he's like, you're not getting this cheese past me, meat. Don't like, me. he calls all the pitchers meat. Throw me the weak-ass shit. Remember that time a few weeks ago when you thought I disappeared? <laughs> I do. <laughs> to we, be fair, many libations have been we were uh, We were drinking uh, a little, no. little Saturday night dance party here at the mm-hmm. house, and I had my pajamas on. And I had on my low-top Chuck Taylors like I do now. And for some reason, I took my shoes off. I went in the kitchen to get another beer or whatever. And I don't know if it was raining and my shoes were wet, whatever. But I took my shoes off and left them in the kitchen, like right next to each other. Like I was standing with my feet together. (laughs) And Jamie got up to come in after me a few minutes later or for whatever reason. And I, like I said, taken my shoes off and then gone to the restroom or something. And she came around the corner and just saw my shoes. And for a second, she said she thought I disappeared. <laughs> He's been raptured. Like, I've vanished. He's been raptured. <laughs> Boy, won't they be disappointed? <laughs> oh, this one's broken. <laughs> we got the wrong one, y'all. Send them back. Crack your head open. Says, I owe you one brain. God. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I watched Simpsons not too long ago. <sighs> Guys, uh, we've talked about some, but do you want to know some trivia? I do. Six pack trivia. Um, do you know who the studio wanted to play Nuke? No, I have no idea. Ted Danson. <laughs> Jerry Reed. Anthony Michael Hall. 
What? I, okay. Mm. I can understand why they thought that. Why? But... He actually, I wonder if he was trying to get out from under the nerdy kid, the nerdy kid. But I mean, he got swole later. He was bigger. He just got to be normal size. I think like, when he was in Edward Scissorhands, he was like a normal size. Oh, dude. that is right. He was, but he wasn't I like a, about that. a big, tall, imposing pitcher. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned Kurt Russell's dad. Uh, they originally wanted Kurt Russell to play Crash. Yeah, he was, oh. a, good, he was a good ball player. Um but not good enough. He ended up declining for whatever reason. It, I don't, it didn't say, but he ended up helping with some development oh, okay. of the story. Um, Mitch's Tavern, where they had the water out of a, he fell out of a fucking boat, that scene. Uh, they still have the door. Nice. Yeah. With the broken window? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They put it up somewhere in the tavern. Or yeah. yeah, that's cool. I, I don't remember. That's cool. Fuck yeah. It didn't say if they, anyone autographed it, but I'm sure. Who gives a fuck? Oh, okay, no. we got to have a road know. trip now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be cool. Um, it's actually in Raleigh. Not Durham. Oh, okay. So, whoopty shit, right? <laughs> Do you know who Kurt Bevacqua is? Bevilacqua? I've heard the name. I... So, Bevilacqua. Tommy Lasorda actually said to him, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. <laughs> That's where it came from. Um, the uh, hit the bull, win a free steak bit? Yeah. That was just for the movie. Really? But the, the team adopted it after. That's funny. And um, now it's, uh, if you get a, if you hit the grass in front of the bull, you get a free salad. <laughs> You hit the boy, you get a free steak. If you hit the grass, oh my front, god, I love that so much. Yeah, that is salad. funny. I figured it would be like you get a free hot dog or popcorn. One free snack food item. One dollar ninety, <laughs> along with Annie. No, no greater than one dollar and ninety nine cent. Equal value. to or no greater than a dollar ninety nine popcorn. <laughs> Only valid on Thirsty Thursdays. Uh, Susan Sarandon and Thirsty Thursdays. Fuck, remember those oh, at the Sound Stadium? Yeah, no, I, I don't. That was called yeah. <laughs> Free Beer Night. Get. Fucking wasted. Oh were yeah, they, weren't a they like game a going. dollar? They were a dollar, they were. basically yeah. dollar beer night. Yeah, we, and we figured out if you bought three one dollar beers, it was more than one three dollar beer. Like we did the math. I never did that math. I was oh, just I like, I was just fucking beer rage. Woo! I remember Baseball. going. In, I remember going at least once and. Uh, Do you, did you go with all of us? Yeah, like I remember, Best Buy crew night. Yeah, it wasn't like it an was official Best Buy crew night, but it, we went and I remember that we got. They had. They had more than one beer on tap, and you could get either Bud Light or Miller Light. Yeah. And I guarantee you yes. that Sean got the Bud he Light. Did. He took one sip and went, nope, he knew. Yeah. He knew. She bought the beer because she said, yeah. he won't notice the difference. He won't notice said, the difference. I'm yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I guarantee yeah. you he will. He yes, will. he will. And he did. And to clarify, <laughs> we're talking about the Nashville Sounds. The Nashville Sounds, They used yes. to play at Greer Stadium. That was just the grittiest, nastiest stadium. God damn, that stadium was for great. minor league baseball. We would get man. We would, <laughs> we went there a couple times, once or twice for. Um, we would, we were with G squared too when we had. Oh, uh, we went. I went. We went once when yeah. we were working. It was like with a G party squared. night. Yeah, well, that was a that was a different crowd. Yeah, because we had like a not a suite, but we had like. And they all gave us like fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, and we're like here. Did you get one of the hot tubs? Here's your per diem. That we did not. But, but, we, but just yeah. get, we would just get hammered and shout at the other team. <laughs> God, that was a good time. Fucking love baseball. I love going to baseball games. I have more than one foul ball. Lisa's the same team. way. She won't watch it on TV, but she'll gladly go to a game when they it's, exist. It's, it's different, man. It's a, it is a different experience. So, the free steak bit. Uh, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins have both said uh, this is their personal favorite movie that they've made. They were together for almost 30 years, I think. I don't, I think They're they, no longer together, right, but that's that. where they, they met. I think they met, yeah, they met on this huh. movie. Um, talked about it being cold during filming. They filmed in October and November of 1987, hence the breath. That, yeah. Kevin Costner was hired partly because he was good at baseball, and uh, the two homers that he hit on camera were actually him. 
Wow. Nice. I fucking love that shit. That's, That's cool. cool. I um, like that. You've not seen them, I, I dare say, but there's a movie called Alien Resurrection. No. And Escape from L.A. Also no. Um, both, both movies you don't need to see. Yeah, don't. But in in camera, in shot, uh, Kurt Russell makes a, is it a half court or full court? I'm not sure. I only am aware of Can't, He the, makes this unreal fucking. I'm only aware of the Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, the, Sigourney Weaver does a no look over the back. Oh, yeah. I knew about that. Hook Swish. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Russell does the same thing. In, um, oh. We've got a piper who's down. Kurt Russell does the same thing in Escape from L.A., but it's like a hook shot from like full court nice. on like a high school yeah. court. But still, um, I have a lot of trivia on this. Sorry. It's all right. Um, I said earlier, Crash is a switch hitter. I confirmed that. Uh, Robbins and Sarandon met on this movie. Um, some also rans for Crash. I have three uh, for Crash. Jeff Bridges. Oh, nice. Don Johnson. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I can see both of those. Yeah. Bruce Willis. I thought about Bruce Willis, but then I I took him no, out of running pretty quickly. No, yeah. he not he not wasn't base, not baseball. He's not baseball. No, agreed. He's, no, that's, that's he's no, I don't see him as any sport. Maybe a boxer. Yeah. He can pulp fiction. Fair enough. Butch. Um, a couple also rans for Nuke. David Duchovny. Ew, gross. He no. was starting to be up and coming. I can see why they wanted to go with him, but that's weird. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, that's all right. We got another movie for you next year. Some also rans for Annie. Sybil uh, Shepard, very much yes. Gurr. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Hmm. Deborah Winger. Eh, no. Michelle Pfeiffer. Eh. Melanie she, Griffith. All too young. Not Melanie that Griffith could no, have played Millie. But definitely <laughs> not as old as Sally Field. Now. Now. Sally Field now or Sally Field 1974? 1974. Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that would maybe work out of that. Well, no, they were all too they were all too young. Susan Sarandon had just enough miles on her face. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They might have done that with some makeup because she wasn't. She was 15 year, 12 or 15 years older than Tim Robbins in real life. So, so what, was she 40? Yeah. Yeah, she was. I mean, it's not old. No, it's not old, but... I think they make up her up, up a little bit. That's what she they likes about the minor league boys. She <laughs> she keeps getting older. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they stay the same age. <laughs> they still hold up. Absolutely, I think I Bull Durham is a love letter to baseball, specifically minor league baseball. It's smooth. It's worn in, kind of like a good glove. Mm, mm. Yeah, um, like it fits just right. You know, um, there's no fantasy or bottom of the ninth heroics in the film, which is also fun. I love that. Too. It's just snips, uh, like snapshots of parts of the game. Yep. It's not a whole game that gets them. It's not to about the, the pennant. It's, it's not, not about not the about, team. It's yeah. about a couple players, right? Yeah. Um, they're all on a human scale, which makes the film that much more obtainable and relatable. There are no over dramatic sentiments. It's just true honesty. And that's what makes this movie work so well. Nothing is completely out of reach. Nothing is fantasy. That only happens in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like the natural or whatever. That's my favorite baseball movie, but it's 
so on a different scale. Yeah, I really like that they focus on minor league instead of the major leagues. Like most baseball movies, it's like, no, the minor leagues are what I remember growing up because it was more accessible. Like we didn't have money to go to a major league baseball park, but we had money to go to the minor leagues, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it kind of like showcased that heart and kind of the, the – Tr- They're reference. trying for something. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They didn't take themselves too seriously. It was very, not tongue-in-cheek, but it was a very lighthearted movie. So does it still hold up? Agreed. 100% yeah. it does. It's a, it's, it's a great movie. It's definitely a staple around our house. Um, what did you? How did you categorize this? Is that when I initially wanted to pair it with like Sandlot or something else, and you're like, no, 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 no. This is like a, this is like a bourbon or a glass of bourbon and compared mm. to a, a, well it's like you said it's a worn yeah. in baseball yeah club. yeah it's, it's, it's so much more it's, there's so many more levels not just a baseball movie and, yeah, it's yeah. not just a love story it's not just a comedy it's a it's a perfect movie I guess maybe but I, which I, I didn't in many even, ways it's it's listed kind of as the, the honestly the only thing we should have paired this with and I don't hate the next movie we're going to talk about but it's not it's different Bad News Bears doesn't pair well with this we should have done this in Field of Dreams because baseball is the spine of both of them, but it's more about three or four people. Field of Dreams is going to be paired with a, a ghost story now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually no, I think uh-huh. I, I think I, I think I posted it on Facebook. I think I, I had two of them: Field of Dreams, but they're demons, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. And what was oh, Field of Dreams, but the Ghostbusters show up. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of walks that line between. Um, or I'm sorry, Annie kind of walks that line between a confident person and control of herself, but also is sometimes given to kind of throw caution to the wind. Right. And in that regard, I think this is more her movie than it is either of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. C- yeah. Costner's on the cover, but he's on the cover with her. And I look at the cover, I ain't looking at him. <laughs> She's the narrator. Yeah. She starts well, the movie and she ends the movie with and he kind of quotes he, he comes or in. things like that. He comes in a little bit with yeah. voiceover, but it's... It's her movie. It's her movie. Yeah, it's her movie. Um, she bookends it, so it's really hers. I like that um, they dressed her in sort of like 40s or 50s fashions, and she kind of lives in a thrift store, mm-hmm. which I think for the time it came out, I think they were trying to make it sort of timeless. It works in that. In, in 30 years yeah. ago, it would have worked in that regard. Mm-hmm. But now, you like with, again, with the sax music, yeah. it, it kind of dates it. But nobody gets in real crazy cars. All the architecture is kind of old. Uh, when they go to the bar, it could be anytime. The buses are old. Other than when Nuke, he's got that Ferrari. Porsche. A Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. With a, no, I'm sorry, Porsche. Yeah, yeah. He goes into all the descriptions of it. And then <laughs> yeah. when he's being interviewed at the end, he's very late 80s with his T-shirt and blazer. Yes. Yeah, and he does say rad. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of his first. Interviews. But that almost makes like it. But am I wrong? It makes him sort of feel out of place. Almost. Because everything Agreed. else in the movie. He's either got yeah. like the anthrax shirt or the Motley Crue shirt. <laughs> or... uh, he's got both, yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Um, I, I think it's got a bit more weight to it than a movie like Major League, which is a, a personal favorite of mine. And again, It's like, a different type of movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Major yeah. League is more, what, what did we say? The <laughs> dirt bags versus the tight ass, uh, yeah. uptight whatevers. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more of that kind of movie. But this has... The gravitas to it, the hubris, the the human. It's multi layered. It's element. Is it a classic? Oh, absolutely. I think okay. it's a classic. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. modern classic. Yeah. Okay. So that's Bull Durham. Um, you guys want to talk about uh, Bad News Bears? Yeah, no, I haven't fucking seen that movie. You've never seen Bad News Bears? No. Blue I just Earth. thought I was I was talking about Bull Durham. <laughs> it's not over yet. No. 
So are you just <laughs> are you just gonna leave? Yeah. I guess Nathan and I'll be back in a minute to talk about the bad news bears. Sure, yeah. it's a fine movie. <laughs> we'll see you shortly. Okay. Well, bye, buddy. All right. Bye, guys. Truly, thanks bye. for having me. There is no limit to what some men will do for money, especially a man like Morris Buttermaker. No, I really appreciate this. It's just a damn shame that none of the fathers had the time for it. God knows if I wasn't so busy down in city. You got my check, right, wouldn't Even if it meant coaching an unlikely group called the Bad News Bears. It was a team of superstars like Mike Engelberg, Rudy Stein, Reggie Tower, Ahmad Abdul Rahim, the incomparable Ogilvy, Timmy Lupus, Kelly Leak, the Aguilar brothers. With a team like this, there is only one way you can go. Cups and supporters. Oh. Gotta be one at all times. Well, either you wear them, get that one. Either you wear them or you don't play. Walter Matthau is Morris Buttermaker, a man so desperate to make a buck that he did the unforgivable. He put a girl on the team. Boys, I'd like you to meet your new pitcher, Amanda Wurlitzer. Whoa, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Apparently, they'll play that even in the trailer. Jesus. It was a different He was time. a Jew. Walter Matthau? No, Jesus. I think Walter Matthau might have been as well. Uh, possibly. I don't know. I didn't look that part up. Because I didn't do trivia, trivia. on this movie. I, I did trivia. I didn't pull up what his lineage was. <laughs> hey, Siri. Was Walter Matthau Jewish? I don't personally know Walter Matthau, so I couldn't say. <laughs> well, yeah, there you have it. Uh, I don't the ask jury's him. still out. I don't ask a man his religion. Hey, this was the first time I've ever seen this. Correct. Also... The last, last time, time I'll ever see this. Uh, it always surprises me that when I was rewatching this as an adult, that this movie was only rated PG. They run through that racial epithet shit twice. And other than that, it, there's not. When I was younger, I I thought this was a dirtier movie than it actually was. Watching well, it back as then, an adult, kind of probably was. Well, yeah, but watching it, especially as a kid, because I don't know if I would really categorize this as a children's movie. No. It, real quick, <laughs> is it not against league rules to just bring in a girl? Not Don't necessarily. You have, does it have to be a certain league? I'm all for it. I don't. With care. league rules, you have to be a certain age, not necessarily a certain sex. And I'll tell you one thing too: you pull a gun out on the field during league play, like you did the other day. I'll stick it up your ass and pull the trigger till it goes click. Eight year olds, buttermaker. Uh, this for me, this was a cable movie. For me, that's funny. For or me, Saturday afternoon. For me, it was a Sunday afternoon local Fox affiliate movie. Yeah. I would always see it on and go. You're like, nope, ah, don't care. Fuck that. It's baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, just, when I was really? a kid, it was because it was so old looking. Oh, all right, I can see that. But I mean, when I was a kid, all the it was kids only, had scruffy looking hair, and it was only fifteen, ten or fifteen years old when I was seeing it on TV. But wow, it looked significantly older. It did. Yeah, I put down here, I'm like, this was at least like a Saturday afternoon on Channel 13 movie for me. Okay. And so that was the affiliate that would show all of the syndicated shows and not straight original up. programming. I love how it starts. Just him just him turning up, pulling into the park. Right. Kind of like we talked last half with how baseball movies kind of start with this somber, not somber, but this sort of reverent 
tone. Yes. And you can see the arc sprinklers in the background, and he's just kind of pulling in, and it's just sort of an establishing shot of... Nostalgia. If you sure, play, well, yeah. if you played Little League as a kid, there's a... <laughs> if I played if, Little League as a kid, it would have been a goddamn miracle, Nathan. I played t-ball, <laughs> and I sucked. My dad, true story, just to train me on, on like, bat handling, my dad took a... Uh, like a tow cable, right? And hung it from one of the rafters in our barn. He took an old softball, bigger than needed, but just to teach me, just to make contact and to hit it right in the strike zone there. Right. He drilled a hole through it and then attached the cable to it so it would just hang from the ceiling and I could hit kinda, it. Mm. Yeah. You know what I did? Guess. I have Come no on. Idea. What does a baseball bat and a floating sphere sort of approximate to you, Nathan? <laughs> Maybe the scene on the Millennium Falcon where Luke's using the training remote? I was going to say it probably had something to do with Star Wars. One fucking session of my dad going, all right, Trav, got this. We're okay, done. cool. Here we go. We're going to learn you to learn you to bat. And just, why are you making that noise with your mouth? <laughs> but I, dad, my eyes can deceive me. I shouldn't trust them. My kid's a fucking idiot. <laughs> my dad never said that. Blast I'm sure he... down. I can't see anything. Your eyes should deceive you. <laughs> that kid's a pain in the ass. This was definitely not a movie I recall watching as a child because this was something that my I was going to say your parents, parents let you watch this. No, 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 okay. no, no. I remember catching it on after I was probably your parents in... went to bed. No, it was different. <laughs> I probably caught this when I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Without them going, hey, why don't you sit down and watch this movie, son? Sure, okay. Yeah, that was that was not the thing. I probably just caught it in syndication somewhere. I like how it's like every fifth thing they say is a swear word. <laughs> but the four leading up to it are like, ah, oh, crud. Yeah, like I think Tanner uses crud like 10, 15 different times in the movie. But like every fifth one, they'll say... But everywhere else, it's... Instead of... Why you, a, an actual expletive yeah, out? Yeah. It's like... Because Matha was with one. He was like, I'm going to shave off half your mustache and stick it up to, stick it up your left nostril. Until he said left nostril, I was like, I, he's going to say stick it up your ass. ass. <laughs> nope. But then the one kid told him he was going to stick something up his ass. That was at the end. Oh, it tells him to stick their second place trope. It's, See, yeah. I like that, Generation X. Take your participation trophy and stick, stick it, it up, up your, your ass. ass. That was almost my favorite scene because that one I remember more than anything else <laughs> is the – usually with this on TV, it would have gone through a thorough editing process and a lot of those things may have been cut out or reduced so you didn't notice it as much. And that's probably sure. how I caught it the first time. Um, what time of day do you think this movie starts? Is it morning or is it afternoon? Because I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. But if it's morning, you got to feel sorry a little bit for Buttermaker and the fact that he's he's my, he's my kind of coach, dude. Rolls up, flips it's the top off. It's gotta be like seven, eight. Opens his cooler, kicks open. He doesn't take the. He doesn't drink the last shot or the first shot out of the Budweiser can. He, he pours it out in order to make room for his boiler maker. Yeah, yeah. And it's already a half consumed, like ten ounce. Not airplane bottle of Jim Jim Beam, but yeah. it's it's he's already had some. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a flask size or small flask yeah. size. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's a it really truly dude. This movie is really too long and it's too fucking slow, but <laughs> the opening sequence is fucking great. Yeah, I really do like it. It's it just gets right into the story. 
Uh, I do appreciate that. I think I would honestly pay top dollar for a Bears baseball jersey in my size, of course, that actually had Chico bail bonds. On the back. <laughs> you got to get an advertiser, Buttermaker. I love that. That's a good reveal, too, where it's like Pizza Hut, Denny's, Denny's. Chico's bail bonds. Chico's and bail kinda, bonds. And he kind of puts his head in his hand and is like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, uh, maybe, maybe no one will notice. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you like the... Uh, the North Valley League all meeting at like a Pizza Hut in like tie and sports coats. Dude, Pizza Hut used to be a swank fucking spot for dinner and a date, right? Well, you there apparently it was. <laughs> you get we didn't want to put anchovies on this pizza. It's a shape of a baseball diamond. Were or you ever were you ever forced into team sports by your parents? No, I wanted to play. So I played about three or four years of little league T ball and probably little league. I did for sure one year of T ball. One or two years of soccer that weren't school sanctioned. They were like, mine weren't school sanctioned. Excuse me. I don't know how it, how it ever shook out, but whatever parent was like the coach of the team, they would always do like the end of the season party or whatever. And more than one was at Pizza Hut. But by that time, it was the late eighties, and it wasn't as swank as it was in seventy six. But you'd still get like you'd get the fucking salad bar, sweet ass salad bar, and they'd yeah. bring you like a pitcher of beer and even in glasses, like, even in the nineties. I remember going to a Pizza Hut. You'd go like the to their like all you can eat buffet, and you'd get a good. Selection. Oh, there was no, there was yeah. no, there was no buffet. Oh, there it was, was buffets at other ones. There was like a, a little bit later, but yeah, it our was, Pizza it Hut was, was nice. badass, dude. It was like you had the upper area was that was a smoking section. Class. This upper area was a smoking section in the jukebox. You could drink. Well, you could drink anywhere. No, they would you bring could, you. You could. I was gonna say you could drink. You could drink your uh, beer in a glass. Oh, yeah. Actual I don't mean it's like an opaque cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. <laughs> and in Winchester, you could buy a beer at McDonald's. No, I'm kidding. You couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that looked, that looked swank as fuck. It was. I, I wanted to be in that Pizza Hut at that time. I, I, I want to be in a Pizza Hut right now, to be honest with you. Mm. Are they the ones that came up? With a stuffed crust? Yeah. 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 That was them. God love it. Yeah. Well, they're the ones that, that sold it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But Stone. Everybody kind of, well, not everybody does it now, but. They were the innovators, I think. Do you really think this is the right thing for us to be doing, Ivana? What do your people think? Let them talk. Donna. Ivana, Ivana, Ivana. It's wrong, isn't it? But it feels so right. Then it's a deal? Yes, we eat our pizza the wrong way. Crust first. Introducing stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. With a ring of cheese baked into a totally new, thinner crust, you'll want to eat it the wrong way. Crust first. May I have the last slice? Actually, you're only entitled to half. Large, just $9.99. I eat it backwards. I think they're called influencers now. I never truly paid attention as a kid while watching this movie that the plot is a city councilman who sues the North Valley League to expand in order to allow less talented players, which includes his son, in order to be able to play. That's the and plot. And so he pays Buttermaker to coach. I never I never. I, what time is it? 2.20. I watched this movie four hours ago, <laughs> and I didn't get that that was the plot. Yeah. I thought the city council meeting was like Buttermaker turning up to talk to the parent about something. No, that's he was a councilman and he sued and so he could actually have an additional team added and that's why so they he, were he a ragtag he went George he went George of, Lucas and he put inner city housing in rich neighborhood basically yeah he, he's he was giving back to the less fortunate yeah okay so the the dad with the half mustache up the left nostril of his nose isn't a bad guy 
Totally. <laughs> no. Okay. But the coach that down smacks his son off the pitcher's mound. Well, he's a piece of shit. Open handed. Yeah. He's an asshole. Correct. And you know what? John Landis made Denny's sure. never sponsored another Little League team again. <laughs> and John Landis took revenge for everybody else on that. Rest in peace, Vic Morrow. Yeah, that's part of my trivia. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> how many different beers does Buttermaker drink? Did I'll you tell write you. Them all I down? made a list. Did you I, make it? I want to see if you got them all. The note I have here is he is not a very brand loyal type of fellow, fellow drinker, is he? No. He was probably whatever is on special. Dude. Would be my guess. In the or, final game, he switches. Halfway through, okay, twice even, in one inning. Mm. In one inning, okay. I didn't, I didn't clock when he switches to what, but okay. Uh, opening scene, Bud, Budweiser, yeah, Bud, Bud uh, heavy. and then we'll just go in order if I can remember. Opening scene is Budweiser and Jim Beam. Okay. Uh, then at some point he is uh, Schlitz. Mm-hmm. Then he's Coors. Mm-hmm. Then he's some beer that I can't identify with a big red capital like L. Or maybe Rainier. Lucky Lager. Lucky Lager, okay. Uh, and then at one point, he's got Radar O'Reilly making him a sweet Tangeray martini. Yeah. <laughs> and those were all the beers I, that I clocked. Um, so it's uh, Schlitz, Coors, Budweiser, Lucky Lager, Jim Beam, and Tangeray. Uh, I also have in here, there was Pabst, Blue Ribbon. Oh, that's right. He had a PBR. You did say Schlitz, right? Yep. The other yeah, one is a, not really a beer. But he did drink Mickey's. Uh, Mickey's. Mickey's. I got fucked up one time in high school on some Mickey's. I had some Mickey's I at, a, at the end of a bachelor party <sighs> run for uh, my buddy. Yeah, that was. I didn't have hardly any of it because I was the designated driver. Man, they will jump all. I oh, had boogie woogie on your brain. Yeah, I had a guy who had plenty of Mickey's and then perceived that the kitchen was the bathroom and then proceeded to pee all over the kitchen floor. Wasn't entirely sure what was going on at the time because I was half asleep in the uh, living room on the couch. At least you weren't half asleep in the kitchen. And then my buddy Ryan, who was the uh, guy getting married, the groom, he uh, he gets up. He's like, "Why's the floor all wet?" I'm like, "Ah, I think Josh may have peed all over." Marky the floor. pissed in here. <laughs> Ew. He Marky marked his territory. Yeah, it was gross. Uh yeah, I forgot about I forgot about those two. And he was drinking the Schlitz Tall Boys too. Yeah. Yeah. So one and a half beers per inning. <laughs> no, no one it was half, more one like one and a half, half beers in- per can. Yeah. Tall boys are one and a no. half per can. <laughs> but no, in the last inning he goes from PBR. I can't believe I fucking wrote it down and didn't clock PBR. He goes from PBR to Coors. Coors bottles too. Coors was towards the end too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember seeing because yeah. I, you know, I started writing them down, and then I double checked a couple other um, web sources to confirm how many different ones that he had had. How many different names do they call Buttermaker? There's two of two other ones. I, I mentioned one, like literally, he's called it and he does it. Boilermaker, Boilermaker, Butterworth, and Butterworth. <laughs> I love that gag that they keep calling him. Something other than see, hey, Butterworth. Dude, there's so many, and I guess this isn't that. I thought this was like early 70s. It's like 76. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's probably 75 or 76, yeah. I think it was 76. The, the placard on the team photo said 76, so you okay. got to figure they shot it in 75. There's so many missed opportunities for jokes and... Like it's not a joke a minute or joke every and it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't have, to be, have but, to be but it, but they they played that buttermaker boilermaker butterworth joke they fuck I even wrote him down here when I did recasting um I, Mr Butterman <laughs> butter buttermaker man he could have had a different reaction to it or his reaction could have been like that's what's his real name 
Buttermaker. Buttermaker. He, he, that could have at least it's been. But, it's Buttermaker. It's Buttermaker. It's, yeah. Hey, it could, Butterworth. Yeah. It's Buttermaker. Just something like that. It was just. It, hey, Aunt Jemima. Yeah. Or they could have, they, you know, they could have just kept calling him different condiments. Yeah. Or, hey, hey, Mr. Butterscotch. Buttermaker. <laughs> that one, Butterscotch would have been good. Mr. Butterbeer. Butterum. Mr. Butterbean. See? Already. Better movie. Better, better, yeah. better gag a minute thing already. <laughs> what well, doesn't work? I have, Apart from the racism and the fact that it's too long. Uh, well, my number one was the racial slurs. Read a book, kid. <laughs> Come back when you're done. A history book. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees scoring 20 runs in the top of the first against the Bears on opening day. That doesn't work. When it comes to Little League, there's usually a cutoff point uh, when it comes to runs. Typically when the fifth kid starts crying. Yeah. I put down here, I'm like, I have a hard time believing that they would allow the team to score 20 runs in the top of the first inning. Typically, the cutoff is either five runs or... Uh, once a team bats all the way through their lineup. Yeah. That's, yeah, that was the way it was. That's usually the end of the first of the first half of the inning. Um so they can stop the bleeding. Hell, <clears throat> they have rules like that for recreational softball leagues that I've been a part of. You go through the full lineup, you're done. That's That's how it was um That's how it was in T-ball too. Yeah, there's a run limit or there's a a lineup limit usually. The last thing I marked down my down here was did they go and take a second team picture at the end of the season? Because Amanda and Kelly were definitely not a part of the team when they yeah. took it at first, but Buttermaker looks considerably happier. <laughs> Does that mean he's drunker? I don't know. I think it's just they purposefully did it for the end credits, but in the chronological order of when you would take a team picture, it would be at the beginning of the season, and that wouldn't have been the team picture that you would have gotten. Yeah, that way, you could sell them to the parents and you make a little yeah. more money. Yeah, drive that drive that revenue. I never had a team picture uh, with little league. Always with school, but never with little league. What position did you play? It was usually outfield. <laughs> <laughs> so was I. I got to pitch once, and I knew how to pitch until I until I got the opportunity to, and then my wind up got really weird (laughs) i was just self-conscious it was just i was just very self-conscious of what i was doing um the only thing i remember being in the outfield for the royals and when i played for the royals i uh was looking through the webbing like i had the i had my catcher's mitt up to my face out in the outfield and i had the catcher's mitt up to my face looking through the webbing at the sky at the birds and i made like I was shooting the birds and then I looked up and saw my dad and I was like dude look I like I made like I was shooting the birds like it was a joke and he pointed like watch the home plate stupid <laughs> watch the game you're not here to look at birds or pretend you're shooting birds or and the thing is is all kids are like that oh yeah all kids it's not are just you at that age it's not just you but it's whether or not they want to continue to want to play yeah. After that, what did I? I sent you a text a week ago when uh, I forgot how much baseball is played in this movie. Jesus God, I man. did it's not like a clock full it. Fucking game. It's like it's at least seventy five percent of the film. Yeah, dude, way it's at too least. much. Way too much. I mean, I know it's little league, and I know it's funny, <laughs> but holy shit, this there's the same, so much baseball the played in this same movie. Joke, dude. Like we get it. They suck, <laughs> but they don't even suck in a funny way. They just suck. Every once in a while, it's funny, but for the most part, they just suck. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not they don't really drill down how bad they suck, so you really feel bad for them. And they don't really improve. Like they just all of a sudden are better players. No, the only time they improve is when they get um, Amanda and they get Kelly. Because suddenly they have someone who knows how to pitch, and they have at least one person that can hit the ball out of the park. And catch. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That that kid's got a good arm. It's got chocolate on the ball, unfortunately. (laughs) There's chocolate on the ball. (laughs) No, he he gets a couple of fucking decent hits at the end in the last game. Yeah. I know, because I just watched it earlier. (laughs) Practice makes perfect. What's your favorite scene? Hey, Engelberg. What? There's chocolate all over this ball. Look, Mr. Buttermaker, quit bugging me about my food. People are always bugging me about it. My shrink says that's why I'm so fat. So you're not doing me any good, so let's quit it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, look alive. Let's get one. Are you ready? Let's get one out there. Engelberg? What? That is a bunt. B-U-N-T. The catcher is supposed to pick up the bunt and throw it to first base. Well, how is that supposed to know? You make sure the big deal yelling after them. Diversionary tactic, Engelberg. Now get the ball. Why are you always picking on me? What did I do to you? Engelberg, crate your crummy belly ache and throw the ball to first base. Don't blame me. I didn't even know it was your car. There's something parking that's so close to the field anyway. All right, boys. Let's get back to basics. This is a baseball. The object of the game is to keep the baseball within the confines of the playing field. Wait a minute. What about bro? You don't think we know what a ball is? I don't think I like the country. Come on, what are you doing? You've been already. We keep playing like this, we'll be the laughing stock of the league. Well, what do you expect? Oh, we got on this team is a bunch of... And a booger-eating moron. Tanner, I think you should be reminded from time to time that you're one of the few people on this team who's not a... or booger-eating moron. So you'd better cool it or we may be disposed to beat the crap out of you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now, guys, somebody's going to pay for this windshield, and I think, Engelberg, it's going to be your father. Bullshit. Dude, I thought you said we weren't going to use the fucking honk anymore. All he said was, all we got on this team are a bunch of jeans. Listen carefully. This brand new 87 Lynx flame you Okay, we're back. <laughs> not very timely. Your no, it's not. It's... My favorite scene really was the shove it up your ass at the end. The but, participation trophy. But I, I can see I kind of took umbrage yeah. to that because at least the the uptight assholes, the the jocks, the winners of the right. world, they were trying to be gracious. They were like, they "Hey, were, even though you sucked." I mean, it was a backhand compliment. It was at a least they were like. Compliment. Whereas the the father gave the pitcher an open handed compliment. Slap that little motherfucker to the ground. Yeah, I didn't understand what was going on there. He tells him to swing or pitch low and away, right? Right. And then he he throws some heat at the fat kid's head on purpose? I think so. So the dad isn't really being a total asshole. He's going out there and reprimanding his – not the right way, but he's reprimanding He's his, reprimanding him, but not the right way. Like, I'm the coach and you need to play the way I tell you to play. And also play, you could have hurt is, that kid. Correct. Which is what he says. 
But but I love the defiance in the kid afterwards. Like I'm going to push this as far as I can now, and then when I'm done, I'm going to walk off with my mom, showing off her midriff, and we're going to walk, walk off into the sunset. Fuck you, dad. So are the dad and mom divorced? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think that my, my favorite line is when they're all helping Buttermaker clean the pools and, and Engelberg goes, when we're through, can we go swimming? And Buttermaker goes, no, don't jump in, Engelberg. You'll flood the valley. <laughs> My favorite line. I legitimately laughed out loud at a couple of parts in this. My uh, my step-grandfather was a lot like Buttermaker. He had that old kind of, not tough love, but sort of... That was tough. Yeah. Swatch you on the back of the head with one hand. He'll pat you on the back when one time, and then the next time it's the back of the hand. But he was face. never. He was never. He was never as gruff or hateful okay. as Mathau's character in this. But he would say shit like, "Why don't you just go play in traffic?" I think shit like that. He reminds me of Walter Mathau, or vice versa. I, I with his character, with Mathau's character, Buttermaker realizes after that it's not about the game; it's about the kids. Yeah, I'm not, even his I'm, not just, I'm not justifying what he did. No, 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 no. But at all. it's just. But his character turn isn't even that dramatic. It's not, no, but he's the only one that you can even remotely identify with compared to all the other I'll, pieces of shit adults, you know? <laughs> I'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> um, what were you saying? Uh, my favorite line. Like I said, I legitimately laughed out loud at several things. Probably literally about halfway through the movie. And it's Cleveland's character. Uh, after Kelly has joined the team. Right. And he's dirt biking Amanda around. And she goes, Well, you, well, you look at that. I can't help it. I hate that kid. <laughs> Just, <laughs> fucking hit me. <laughs> there were those kids in school, and you know the fucking teacher hated them. And there was a kid. I'm not going to say who it was. I'm not going to say. There's no way anybody's going to guess who it was. But my mom was talking about him one time when I was younger, going like, I just I wasn't even friends with this person. But she was like, I just hate that kid. And I don't I know it might be wrong to hate a child, but I hate that child. Yeah. <laughs> and ever since then I've hated children. Even when I was one. <laughs> Magic wand. Okay. Um this took me a minute. I had to skip this. This, this was movie, hard at first and then it was easy suddenly. Same. Uh, same. But um, I'm sure it'll be different. What's yours? Set it in Texas, same time period. Okay. And have Richard Linklater direct it. You know Linklater directed the remake in 05, right? I did not. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How funny. Well, does the, it Okay, so let me ask you this right. because here's why I say that. He's going to give not a ton more definition, but he's going to outline a few more of the characters. They won't just be Yeah. stereotypes. Like, there's, like literally there's three or four little blonde kids that all look identical. That was Southern California at the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but those 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 four characters literally. By the end of the movie, you've got the little mouthy shit, the racist kid. Of all of the kids, I probably would have been Timmy the booger eating moron. Yeah, and then you've got Wormser. Yeah, yeah. Timmy the booger eater. But I think Linklater. Uh, and, and I haven't seen the the. I have, but so it's been fifteen years since in it came my out head since I saw. It, in my head, he would flesh out a little a little bit more of each character. Make the story a little – he would blend the comedy, sports, and the more serious parts of it. He would blend them a little better. Here it's just so – okay, well, we've done a joke. What should we do? Well, we need to get to this serious scene. Uh, how can we do that? Let's put in seven, eight minutes of baseball 
Any jokes in there? No, no, no. Straight baseball. And now a serious part. I get that. Long-winded. I, I mean, Linklater's movies aren't known for their brevity necessarily. They aren't. But it makes. I'd sense be. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what he would do with it. And you can see why they why they picked Billy Bob Thornton to play the. I can't. But he seems so much more mean spirited than Walter Matthau. Yeah, absolutely. But it's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't really comment wow, on it. But you weird. can kind of understand the same. Like, hey, hey, what? I was thinking, let's do a remake of, um, what? Uh, Bad News Bears. All right, I'm there. Let's have Richard Linklater direct it. Oh, all right, yeah. And let's have Bad Santa as Buttermaker. Ooh, strike three. I'm sorry, strike one. Foul tip. My my change is like I'm going back a couple of years when watching other films. I would have cut 15 minutes out of this film. I would have made it a brisk 85 to 90 minutes. Easily, you could lose 15 minutes. Um, no, out of this cut, you could probably lose 30. I wouldn't have any lollygagging around. Don't be brother-in-lawing out there. You know, or expand out the kids just a little bit more. Show a parent? Surround, yeah, show more than one parent. There's two parents in this movie, and they're both buttholes. True. And, like, they they, they start to add, like, start to act like they're going to set up Amanda's parent, her mom, coming in. And, like, maybe... Th- and like, then she doesn't. No. I think she comes in in the remake, but she does not come in in the original. I understand the Amanda and Buttermaker, I need a father figure, and... A daughter but, would help me out. But, man, were they really trying to pull for the melodramatic heartstrings of the... Oh, can you see my tear rolling down my, my His cheek? or hers. Both. Yeah. They were very glisteny. like, we need to put that in there. It needed more rounded characters. The only really rounded character is Amanda. She doesn't come in until, like, halfway through, or at least a third... At least 30 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a generic sell maps to the stars. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a generic group of kids. I mean, and I get it; they're all not really good actors. Hayden O'Neill was a great actress, probably still is, uh, or at least a child actor, right? Um, and then Rorschach, he's Rorschach or Freddie. <laughs> that's worse. It's Don't, a, ter- yeah, that's a terrible fucking. If you're gonna do it, just do Rorschach. <laughs> that's a terrible. Or I'm sorry, he. Like why is he the dirt bike kid all of a sudden? Like, what does, he's what does, a little. Um, what does that serve him tearing the field up on opening day? That's a rain just, delay. He's just a troublemaker. Is all. But he then, was. He, but but then, like he's just eagerly ready to do. Like, Everybody knew that he could play well. That's that was the rumor is that Kelly knew how to play. He just didn't want to. If you had gone to summer camp with Kelly, would you make fun of his name? Probably. And he I, probably would have knifed you. Yeah. Or lit you on fire while you were sleeping with a Zippo. <laughs> or hit me with a bunch of soaps in the socks like a full metal jacket. Drug you around the camp on his dirt bike. Right. It's Harley Davidson. 100cc. I got a Harley. <laughs> you, like, you like when he was hitting on the girls in the uh, arcade and uh, then the uh, dance hall? I got a Harley. Does that turn you on? Harley Davidson, right? Yeah. I got a mask with ink on it that moves. <laughs> It's COVID-19 approved. <laughs> in 95, in 85. So if you were going to recast this, who would you... I, I I could only pick one, and I only did Buttermaker. I couldn't go with any of the kids at this moment, so I only did Buttermaker. Okay, so I did I did two different recastings. I did one that was just Buttermaker and Amanda. Okay. And then I did one that was Buttermaker, Amanda, and Kelly. Those are still both work. Sure. So the first one... Uh, 
you could have probably done 1976 era, but Clint Eastwood. All right. No, and, I never thought about that, but that would work. And Jodie Foster. <laughs> uh, or, <laughs> okay, so let me, let me back up. I have recast the lead. Who? Uh, <laughs> Boiler Buttermaker Man, Eastwood, <laughs> Amanda, Jodie Foster. Or uh, Mr. Butterman, Danny Glover. Nah, 2000, like early, oh, like 20 okay. years ago. All right. Same age as Walter Matthau is in this. You could probably do Danny Glover now, but he's getting up there. Uh, he's also so got a weird lisp. Danny Glover for, um, for Amanda, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Maybe right. maybe in another year or maybe now. Uh, and then for Kelly, I did like 1994 Leonardo DiCaprio. Fresh off of uh, Where's Arnie? Pains. It took me a minute to get there, too, because my, my recasting was just Buttermaker. I went with 1990s Kurt Russell. <laughs> okay. Somewhere between playing Bull on Backdraft and Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Mm. Um, mm. He can play a good drunk. He's has the ability to balance that humor and compassion while also not giving a fuck. Uh, also, he played minor league ball a lot. He even tore his rotator cuff turning a double play. When a base runner collided with him, ending his uh, AAA baseball career. Wow. And so he went back into acting. Back into acting. Yeah. Wow. What a different world that would have been. But I think he would have, I think he would have suited that role well and made him more, a little more identifiable than Walter Matthau. Not that I dislike Walter Matthau necessarily here. I can see Kurt Russell as the baseball player. I have a real hard time seeing Walter Matthau as the ball player. Yeah. Same. He's funny. I love Walter Walter Matthau in a lot of things, but this one is not right. But it's, it's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It just but needs to pass through some editing and yeah. a couple of different takes. Give me all the stuff and let me put it together and we'll see where we're at. I see this. This I think is kind of the first of those modern anyway slobs versus the snobs kind of movie. Yeah, but they don't really set up the snobs. Like they they set up the Yankees as this team that you have to beat, but they're not. There's no. They're just this amorphous, faceless. Which is really funny too, because when you when you look at it in the seventies, the Yankees sucked compared to where they were towards the late eighties and how much they dominated in the nineties. But in my, the seventies, it was. Billy but you're, Martin. Miss, you're missing my point. The 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 villain in this is the the rival yeah. team, and they're not ever set up to be a rival. There's never any face of that team. Even the head the face coach, is more, more the head coach than anything else. But he's really not. He's really not painted that badly until he until the final game. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's his kid. Doesn't excuse it, but like, but then he just kind of recovers from that socially, and everybody's like, "You guys did it right." Yeah. Well, no, they're back into the game. Yeah. They, it's kind of like you don't think somebody would have maybe. Maybe we should probably call this game because you just slapped you know, your son. Open on hand the mound. slapped your kid. You slapped the fucking DNA out of his body, <laughs> like to the ground, dude. And then you looked around like, well, what? I had to stop his screaming. <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. Some sort of score would have helped yeah. in this too. There's okay. nothing that moves it, especially we'll, in those protracted baseball we'll, scenes. We'll get there in just a second when okay. we hit trivia. All right. Um, I think I might know what you're going to get at, but um, let's see. How would you put – what's your um, recommendation as a comparable? Literally any movie where the underdog comes back and does the thing. 
Well, however, you do have to realize that even when the underdog does the thing, they don't do the thing in this movie. Well, they, they do don't the, win. They, they, they do the don't thing. Win. They do the thing by improving, but they don't win. And they don't win. And I do appreciate that. Right. But then I don't like that they're sore losers. Not that they're sore losers, but they're not gracious losers. They are I truly, not great. No, they're I, they are not gracious. I truly. Losers. I, I thought that was. I thought that was a little beneath them. I have to admit that. But I have. If, if my son was out on the field and. Any if there were any one of those kids grabbing a beer and shaking it and <laughs> I mean s- seriously, no, unacceptable. Buttermaker fired, fired. Um, I I put down here Major League. I have Major League, Rocky, Police Academy, um, Little Giants, Sandlot. I put the Sandlot as well. But this was, just this was kind of the first of misfits that yeah, this was kind of the first one that did it. Yeah. Now the music isn't original, is it? <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> no, not really. Um, the most popular pieces of music that you hear are from the uh, French opera called Carmen uh, by French composer. Georges Bizet. Were they used because they From 1875. Royalty free they was were my guess. They were 100 years old. Yeah. At the time. They were 100. <laughs> yeah, they were 100 years old at the time. And so I don't understand. It's like I can't. I can see like, one. I can see one, but they. But Caddyshack did it at the end. They played it through everything or almost everything. In the third act, yeah. In the third act. The two pieces of music you most likely hear are the two biggest pieces that were used from that opera and it's exactly (laughs) (laughs) i it works but at the other time in in another way it feels like it was a huge cop-out it's got to be used once and instead, it was but it's got to be for fifty percent of the, gotta use, of the movie. You don't got to use it three times. You got to use it once. But it's got to be hard enough to get through the eardrum, the breastplate, the eardrum. Oh, because okay. both of these have been used for countless things since. I'll be honest with you. When I hear this piece of music, or both of those pieces of music, I think of Bad News Bears first more than anything. Really, else. unfortunately, so, I'm sure that's not what the composer was hoping for <laughs> at the time. <laughs> you know, when I hear the first piece, whatever it was, with the bum bum. I think of uh, that episode of Always Sunny where Dennis is trying to – he's using the Dennis system and he kind of closes his eyes and he's trying to teach Charlie how to seduce some woman. And he st- his music starts and somebody starts to speak and they go – Matt goes, no, no, no. Just let him work. And Dennis is like conducting and then he stops, opens his eyes and then – Nice. And then the other one, I hear two things. The uh, – I remember it being, I think, um, a commercial for beef. If it's not that, it's very similar. And then the I know other exactly one, exactly what you're talking about. The beef other is one, what's for dinner, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. It's not now that it's you say it's not the that. same thing, but it has the same. Uh, the flair. other one, I definitely know that there was a radio station uh, from Fort Wayne, Indiana, called um, 98.9 The Bear, and every Friday they would do a free beer Friday, and that was the song for it, and someone wrote lyrics to it. And it was like, what is a malted liquor? What gets you drunker quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Oh, I remember that. Golly, I adore it. 
Come on, I'm damn sure. it, Port. Beer. 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 I'm sure I heard it on Bob and Tom at one point. Probably. What is the malted liquor? What gets you drunker quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, Beer. but I'd rather chug it. Beer. Got my belly out to here. Golly, I adore it. Beer. Come on, damn it, Port. Do it for me. Brew it for me. Feed it to me. Speed it to me. Beer. The most wonderful drink in the world. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's that dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beer. I never thought, oh, man, that's, that takes me back at least 15 to 20 years. Holy shit. That's a good, that's a good piece back. Anyway, um, we diverged off of. Anyway, yeah, those were, that's, it just seems strange. What's really weird is when I pulled that information up on uh, IMDb, it didn't even credit the opera. Because fuck them. <laughs> that's why. They're 145 years old. <laughs> fuck them. Uh, Math Owl was paid $750,000 for Buttermaker, the role of Buttermaker, plus 10% of the theatrical rentals. Jesus. Tatum O'Neill was paid $350,000 as an 11-year-old, plus 8% of the profits. These were later estimated to be $1.9 million. Was this a big movie? This was in the top ten. I think it was number ten or number eleven. It was. Man. It was big. It was big enough. Um, yeah, on a budget of nine million, it grossed over thirty-two and was the tenth highest-grossing film of seventy-six. Seventies were a dark time before right. the, before the empire. <laughs> the film's poster art uh, was drawn by Jack Davis. You'll see it on our. That release. is some iconic poster art. It was the he was the founding illustrator for Mad Magazine. Okay, that explains it. Uh, Bill Lancaster, who wrote this screenplay, it was based on his his experiences with his father, Bert Lancaster. Buttermaker was based off of Bert, who was known for his grumpiness, and the character of Amanda, strangely enough, was based off of Bill Lancaster, who also wrote at least one other uh, decent screenplay called. The Thing, directed by John Carpenter. Beautiful. So he, uh, did, he did not write The Bad News Bears Go to Japan? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, featured an unusual crossover of product placement for Denny's, Pizza Hut, and they ate at a McDonald's. I don't remember the McDonald's. Yeah. They took them all out for, he took them all out for hamburgers, and they all had hamburgers at McDonald's. Hmm. Uh, all three are family-oriented restaurants serving convenience foods and largely in competition with each other, especially uh, Pizza Hut, who is now owned by Pepsi. Coke, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. I think Pepsi. Uh, I think Coke doesn't. Coke owns. Uh, Coke is not owned by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, Actually, what? Coke is owned by Keith Richards, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Coke. <laughs> One of the only three movies written by Lancaster, uh, the other being The Bad News Bears Go to Japan. Excuse okay. me, I was wrong. And The Thing. Uh, Vic wow. Morrow, who played Coach Roy Turner of the Yankees, is actually Jennifer Jason Lee's dad. Ooh. Yeah, and he died on the 23rd of, 23rd of July in 1982 in a tragic special offense Special effects related accident on the set of Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. There's a. Did he uh, turn him into Strawberry Jello? At least. There's a great documentary series on Shudder, uh, the, the app through Amazon. Right. It's a horror. 
I think it's available regardless if it's through Amazon. Okay, or not, cool. I think uh, it's called Cursed Movies. Okay, um, it's worth. I know you're not a big stuff. horror guy. This is actually worth a pass for you because it's not. It's just the. Yeah, they, they of... talk about the exorcists. They talk about poltergeist, the poltergeist curse. Um, they talk about there's a curse with poltergeist. I never heard about it. Yeah, yeah, Seems... should read up on that, yeah. um, or just go back to last year's Halloween episode. <laughs> um, they talk about the Twilight Zone, and like he famously said, Vic Morrow, because um, it was supposed to be I mean, they, everybody knew it was a dangerous stunt anyway, right? Um, and he goes, "Well, hell, they can only kill me once." Well, you got that right. They did. You you got that right. <laughs> rest rest well, dude. He played a good bastard. He does. He plays a bastard in this one as well. Yeah. I mean, he's not now. Granted, Kelly is a dick to begin with, but he really at that one point, though, dude, he is just sitting there smoking a cigarette, watching the or he's riding his Harley Davidson around the ball field. Sure, yeah. Uh, this film has come under fire lately. For being politically incorrect while being aimed at children. This is because the movie's characters use the N-word to refer to African Americans, the S-word when referring referring to Hispanic people. The character makes nasty comments about Jews, women, and gay people. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Tanner. And then Ogilvy for repeating it. The Bears ages in order based on the actors' ages in the beginning of 1976 are... Whitewood at 14. I'm not even sure who Whitewood is. Kelly at 14. Stein at 14. Ogilvy is 13. Engelberg is 12. Amanda is 12. She's 11. Uh, well, it says 12 when they filmed it. So she may have been 11 in the movie. But She, she said it. She said being 11. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Ahmed or <laughs> at 12. Uh, Feldman at 11. Not Corey. Uh, <laughs> Tanner at 10. Miguel at 8. And Timmy Lupus was the youngest at the age of six. Lupus. <laughs> Lupus. He, he gets those. I got, he gets that wrong like that's, several times. That's a fun gag too. Yeah. Keeps, it's one of my favorite gags is when someone mispronounces someone's name. Yeah. The other ages are unknown. Apparently, the two kids who are Hispanic, the Aguilar brothers, they actually had to learn the uh, the the lines that they gave, which were in Spanish, because they actually spoke English fluently. <laughs> They didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> Yet another layer to racism. Right. In in real little league, uh in real little league ball, Lupus would be way too young, and those under twelve would have been on a separate team. Sure. So the cobbled together fourteen to six year olds, there's no way that would have happened. In an alternate ending, Kelly is safe at home instead of out. Test audiences preferred the ending with him out and would have... Because it was <clears> the <throat> 70s, man. Right. Life was it, a kick in the dick every day. Correct. It would have been too much of a happy ending for the underdog, underdog bears. And also Tanner telling them to shove the trophy up their ass wouldn't have worked. It's much bigger. <laughs> if they win. It's much, much bigger if they win. Yeah. It's almost... Understanding just kids sports in general when when she comes up with the second place trophy compared to what the first place is it's like night and day oh it's, it's like this big and then second place is like this big <laughs> you know a foot and a half tall to six inches right that's what he's shown me with his hands game. okay i have a little bit of casting what if okay for this one okay amanda you had a pretty good uh, choice for who you wanted to play Amanda in. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster was actually cast at one point, but dropped out in order to play. 
uh, uh, Iris. 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 I kept wanting to say Lily. Yep. Christy McNichol <laughs> uh, was also originally offered the role, but they eventually pulled their offer when they dis- when they realized that Tatum O'Neill was actually in the go. I was going to say recast. Tatum O'Neill uh, was really good in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just recast Buttermaker with uh, his dad. With Ryan his O'Neill? Dad, Ryan O'Neill. It could have been good, too. I almost said that. <laughs> Directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Fuck yeah, dude. The sequel to the Paper, Paper Moon. Moon. <laughs> um, uh, one other bit. Sarah Jessica Parker actually auditioned for this role. <laughs> I have two people down for Buttermaker. These two individuals were offered the part but turned it down due to their involvement with other projects. Steve McQueen. Ugh. And, no, I think Steve McQueen would have worked. Not as not as funny as Mathau. Maybe though. Maybe he could have. Yeah. And the then, first time Brad Pitt was funny, everybody went like, "Whoa!" And then Warren Beatty. No. No. <laughs> Despite popular opinion, Warren Beatty is not funny. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does it hold up? No. Final thoughts? No. Doesn't hold up. And I kind of <laughs> said my final thoughts. I laughed several times. I was surprised. I was not looking forward to watching this movie. Um, and at the end, I was like, oh, I can't believe Nathan picked this. <laughs> uh, at the end, I was glad it was over. At the end, I was, I, I know pacing was different in the 70s. Yeah, I get um, it. And I know storytelling was a little different in the 70s. And racing was was a little bit different in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, racism's always been the same. It's always been the same. It, just it was, was just it was it digested was, it was okay. It was just just fine. Um, That's right. That kid's white and blonde. He can say the n word. It's, really? It's got the spirit of a baseball movie in in several ways, and then in other ways, it's just like watching a game. But it's like watching a little league game. It's fucking terrible and boring. It's boring. It's what it drags on forever. That's what this movie kind of. So what you're telling me your niece's opposing team didn't score 20 runs in the first? No, they cut their, it off after the first. They're half of the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it it just takes a long ass time to to really get going. It does, and then even when it gets going, it only stays in like second gear. Yeah, it's at 25 miles an hour. Yeah, it's like it's a moped. It's a real moped of a movie. It doesn't give. Okay, like he chases. Uh, Ahmed up the tree, which we never did talk about that. That was kind of funny. Dude strips down to his fucking tighties and is just sitting up in a tree. He doesn't want to wear the uniform anywhere. I get shame. it, dude, but you got to get home. Like, go into that kid's go into that kid's story a little bit. Go it, into the little racist kid's it, story a little it bit. It was funny when he sat there and and basically bullshitted the story about, about Hank. Okay, that's about common Hank. knowledge. Everybody knows that. Now that was a good moment, but yes. like maybe that kid's troubled. Maybe that kid should be wearing clothes. Definitely that kid should be wearing clothes. <laughs> Bring in Amanda's mom. Amed. Or Abed. I love it when he says this is for Allah and it's going all the way out there. Right. I thought that was great. Um, you only, Like I said, you only meet two parents and one is a major asshole and one is got an ulterior motive and then is kind of an asshole at the end and then that's it. You don't meet anybody's parents. You don't know why any of these kids are the way they are. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if the fat kid's parents were like health nuts in the in the mid late seventies, and he was a big fat candy bar eating motherfucker because he's rebelling, you know? Right. Because my therapist says that's why I'm fat. Because wouldn't that be great? That's his parents have put him in therapy because he's fat, and they don't know why he's fat, and he's fat because it's he. he they made him eat carob. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why he's so pissed. I mean, it is the seventies. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, I've said I've said all this earlier, but it's it's there's just a lot of gaps between it being funny, inspiring, uplifting, or dramatic. Right. And those gaps are just filled with child. There, there's too with children playing. There's baseball. too far in between. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it doesn't hold up, and that's. Uh, I put down here, Mike. I don't have a lot of deep thoughts or contemplations when it comes to the bad news bears. I'll be honest, in many ways, it doesn't hold up. The pacing, the vulgar and racist children, and I the like abu- vul- I like vulgar children. I don't like and racist the abuse children. of parents. Um, yet, only in the seventies could you have made a film like this and actually get away with it. Very true. Um, the seventies were a strange decade where. It straddled a very fine line between controversial and crowd pleasing, and often did it with the same brushstroke. You know, sure. Uh, what makes this film work is the honesty it conveys with the sport, the competition, the absence of magic. Kind of like what I mentioned with Bull Durham, like that the Bears don't win, and most importantly, the characters, the kids, all feel like real kids. They don't feel like actors. Well, no, they don't, that's for damn sure. Well, they don't feel like three-dimensional but they feel like real kids and the adults feel like real pieces of shit here's a nice piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) where the only sympathetic adult is buttermaker to a degree you know it's it's a fun time capsule that really couldn't be made today like you know blazing saddles and sometimes yeah. that's the best reason why to watch it. You know, like, hey, Timmy, you want to see a movie where they couldn't make today due to political correctness? Great. Have a seat. We're watching the Bad News Bears. You know, that's the only way. I don't think could... a kid would watch this movie today. No, he would be bored and going, can I play Minecraft now? Yep. <laughs> it's like it holds up and it doesn't hold up at the same time. But it's more like it holds up because it's a time capsule. But if that's true, then that's just a bullshit commentary of does it hold up well no no not really well it really doesn't you heard it here first folks <laughs> you want to chase her i do <laughs> <laughs> that's probably going to be our chaser music that's going forward probably good i like that it's probably good i want it, it to good. be good will it be in the rest of the episodes probably not probably not because we're totally not recording this out of order Totally not. <laughs> All right. All right. Hit me with a chaser. You'll hear it Halloween and after. <laughs> <coughs> All the way. <coughs> you right there? I'm good. All the way from New Zealand, Gene wants to know. Hey, if, Gene. If you have a favorite movie poster tagline. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of. Um, That's a deep dive because they're so Specific yet generic that it's hard to tell what movie it would be linked to unless you know it by heart. A f- favorite. favorite. There's um, always been a favorite of mine. Okay. It's the alien one in space. No one can hear you scream. Oh, that's because a good it's, one. Yeah. Well, then that brings up <laughs> the safest place to hide is inside a man. Oh, the <laughs> thing. Man is the we warmest. We talked about the, well, yeah. man is the warmest place to hide. <laughs> and we, we kept Ew, making it. The warmest place to hide is in a man. <laughs> Which way should we go? Uh, the warmest place to hide is in a Simpson, we've warned you about this. The one that popped in my head, it's not a favorite because I know it's your favorite movie. It's Jaws 2. But the one that popped into my head was just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. 
That's which is such a great tagline for such a shitty movie. It's not a shitty movie. It's, it's not, not an awesome it's not, movie. It's not Jaws. That's the thing. It's <laughs> but it definitely would. You got to think that they probably had ten to fifteen million dollars in extra in sales just because of that tagline alone. Dude, it's not it's a so bad horror movie. It's not a bad. No. Well, that's not the question. Anyway, um, but it's a great tagline. And it's I'm so cheating. Good. I'm cheating a bit. I'm looking around the room. I just see. Uh, well, I'll say it. See if you can guess the movie. <laughs> Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. That's got to be groovy. Army of Darkness. It is Army of Darkness. I'm yeah. not looking. You're I'm looking at it. So I'm looking at a different wall than you are. But I'm looking at the ash low action on gas. figure. Yeah. Okay. On the wall. Um, <laughs> another is... one that popped into my head for um, <laughs> not because I just watched it last night, but <laughs> or because it's. Our Halloween episode, but who will survive and what will be left of them? <laughs> Do you know um, what this one is? The longer you wait, the harder it gets. Deep Throat? The 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> you were closer than you would <coughs> imagine. Uh, um, are there any more I can think of? Oh, shit. Uh, just saw this, too. Um, real simple. Who are you gonna call? Oh, who are you gonna call? That was a great tagline. That is a good one. I never would have thought that that was the tagline of that, but it makes perfect sense. Time cop. <laughs> Back to the future. Yeah. I almost said yes. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters. That's a good question, Gene. Gene, what's it like being in the future? New Zealand is like very low on COVID testing. Well, that for sure, but or it's already testing. it's already tomorrow in New Zealand. Oh, for Gene, it's tomorrow. For us, it's still today. You got to go forward to get back. Sort of one of those time travel type deals. My recommendation: don't fuck your mom. Definitely. Do you could really screw yourself, Gene? Would you like a shirt? And I we will we'll split the shipping with you because I know it's got to be heller getting down there to New Zealand. It's got to take like a canoe at the end. I'm not canoeing to New Zealand. Would be. Difficult. It's a sixteen-hour plane ride, I believe. Imagine it's a sixteen-month canoe ride. Not if you get the right headwind, tailwind, uh, both. I think maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, gang! I hope you enjoyed today. We enjoyed today. What are we uh, doing? I, we talked. I will be. I will be blunt here. We talked about Bull Durham way less than I thought, and we talked about the Bad News Bears way, way more, more than we should have. have. But that's it. Be like that sometimes. You Even know? with our guest. Even with our guest. So next week. Yes. Goonies? Yes. And stand by me. Yes. We're going to watch my Goonies and then we're going to watch your Goonies version. <laughs> <laughs> two childhood classics from two very different childhoods, I guess. Yet only a, released a year apart and 30 years different. Richard Donner's 85 classic. It's a classic, right? And Rob Reiner's Goonies. 86 classic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that, gang. Um, hit us up on socials. We're on Twitter, though we're not. You need to stop <laughs> dropping Twitter because... Twitter, John Twitter. Twitter and Twitter. You need to stop dropping it because... Station. It's fun. Brock's on there. Station. <laughs> Um, we're on Instagram. 
<laughs> at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast. And guess what? We're on the old man social media. The old man. <laughs> called Facebook. <laughs> we don't do TikTok. Uh, we don't stop. <laughs> we don't drop. <laughs> do we are we gonna do new stickers next season? Yeah, I think the it's the season's point. winding down. We're this, I am I am low on stickers. I've only probably got about twenty left of the original hundred that I bought last year. Um I gave some away. There was a there's a dude at our liquor store up the street, every time I walk in with a new movie t shirt on. I, I walked like in with home. the one with uh, Death from Bill and Ted too. And he, he and I talked about Bill and Ted for about five minutes. So I ran him up a sticker the next time I went in to buy some liquor, you know, the next day. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> given some out, I did pop some into some uh, used books that I was selling. And then the rest have gone out with uh, T-shirt sales. So that said, if you want a T-shirt, we've still got some. Well, we're going to burn through these before we get another run because, believe it or not, there are not a lot of you out there. So <laughs> I'm not going to do another order of the new logo. Uh, until these old, old old ones are gone. If you want to see pictures of Nathan's dog, you can follow him on Instagram at your movie dude. If you want to see pictures of uh, vegetables, vegetables, action figures, uh, me in different outfits, uh, my dogs, uh, all eleven legs of them. <laughs> <laughs> I am at Darth Holden on the Instagram. You can find us on at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and all the things that Jamie will say towards the end of this episode. Two more things. here for the second time. <laughs> Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a rating. If it's, if it's iTunes, give us a five star. Leave a comment. And if you don't like it, don't leave a comment. If you don't like it, send us an email. We'll send you a t-shirt. With our middle fingers on With it. the COD. <laughs> And uh, I think that's about it. If, uh, if you do nothing else this week, stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. We got ourselves a natural disaster. <laughs> <laughs>